Hello and welcome to CBS Radio Mystery Theater from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. Come in. Welcome. I am Tammy Grimes. I acknowledge the Furies. I have heard the disastrous beating of their wings. So said Mr. Theodore Greiser. Yes, the Furies. Those three terrible sisters of ancient Greek mythology who in the implacable pursuit of their duty maintained a sense of justice in the world. For while a transgressor might avoid punishment of society, he could not escape the retribution of the gods. Where is the professor? He should be back in time for lunch. But you said that yesterday. I know. And the day before. And every day for a week. I told you. He went to visit this shrine. But why isn't he back? He knew I was coming. Well, you'll have to ask him. How can I ask him? He isn't here. Did you kill him? Kill him? Where did you hide the body? Now, please. You must believe me. Why don't we see if the police will believe you? <laughs> drama, The Jataka, was written especially for the Mystery Theater by Sam Dan and stars Marion Seldes. I'll be back shortly with Act One. What fruit comes in a rainbow of colors, all delicious? Plums! Summer, summer fruit that wouldn't be summer without them. It's plum picking time at your supermarket. Fresh from the trees, taste them and see. Sweet and juicy or tart and tangy, California plums are just plum good. Nature's way of smiling, sunshine on the trees. Fresh plums, sponsored by the Holland California Summer Fruits. Weekdays on CBS Television. Watch your favorite daytime dramas. Follow the continuing story of people locked in a struggle of passion, right and wrong, coming face to face with themselves and their desires on The Young and the Restless. Then, it's drama you'll never forget as intrigue, triumph, and tragedy take center stage on As the World Turns. Don't miss The Young and the Restless and As the World Turns. Weekdays on CBS Television. Check your local listings for the time. Hey, what's going on here at Chatham? Look at these prices. Incredible. Try to Amazing. control yourself, sir. Those are just Chatham's cash dividend specials. You mean extra special, super fantastic Calm specials. down, sir. You see prices like that every week at Chatham. Look at these prices. Nine cents, a nickel. I've never seen anything like that. Right. This. You see, for every dollar you spend at Chatham, except on alcohol and tobacco products, you get one cash dividend coupon. Pay 36 coupons on the cash dividend certificate and get one cash dividend special for each filled certificate you turn in. What? But look at this price. I can't believe it. Right. This. That's why I shall but chat them all the time. But, 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 but try but, to control but, yourself. But with one filled certificate, this item is free. Right, it's free? Free. Wow, I don't believe it. Huh? Incredible. Uh-huh. Let's go get some. Uh-huh. Take it from me, Bill Reed. Cashier at our 11 Mile and Main Store. You'll like our savings at Chatham and a whole lot more. This week at Chatham, get a 12-ounce carton of Borden cottage cheese absolutely free with one filled cash dividend certificate. Chatham Supermarket. They're not the biggest. So they're doing their best to be the very best. Her name? 
name is Geraldine McElroy. She is 37 years old. And while it is not exactly accurate to say that she's never been kissed, it may be stated that it's been a long time between oscillations. No, not because Miss McElroy is unattractive. Actually, she isn't at all bad-looking, if you fancy the prim, bookish, serious type. It's just that Miss McElroy's passions have been more or less exclusively devoted to the religious poetry that was written in an ancient Sanskrit language. A tongue she speaks, reads, and writes as fluently as her native English. Well, the year is 1902. She has been a guest lecturer at a seminar that was held at the University of Delhi in India. The session is over, and it is time for tea. Ah, Miss McElroy. We meet at last. Professor Yankling, won't you sit down? Ah, thank you. Tea? Oh, of course. I, um, I read your monograph on the Boistat. And what did you think of it? Positively brilliant. Thank you, Professor. So, you're the one who is going to carry on after I'm gone. Professor, <gasps> so you'll be here for a long, long time. <laughs> no, 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 I won't, my dear. Ah, what does it say in the Jataka? The just are those who seek to escape the endless reincarnations on the wheel of life. Do you believe the Jataka? <laughs> the Jataka. The story of the birth of Buddha. Do you believe in the Jataka, Professor? Now I only seek the blessed state of Nirvana. To be at one with the universe. To accomplish this, I need but find the stream. The stream. The stream of the Jataka. Ah. Yes. Elstar speaks the Jataka. Concerning the youth of our great lord, there was the trial of the strength in his father's court. Who could shoot the arrow the fast? And our great lord bent the bow, and overshooting all other marks, the arrow passed far and wide and beyond sight. Uh, you recall? Yes, yes. <laughs> At last, it fell. And where it touched the earth, there broke out a stream which presently became a river. And our great Lord said, Whoso bathes in it washes away all taint and speckle of sin and is freed forever from the wheel of endless life. Oh, I've never heard the tale told more beautifully. But where is that river? Where did that arrow fall? If we only knew. But I must know. I must find it and bathe in it before it is too late. Before I die. Are you saying you intend to search for the river? Oh, yes, with all my heart. Oh, ah, there is Professor Dotson signaling to me. Shall I see you tomorrow? Oh, no, I must lecture at the university in Srinagar. Srinagar? Why, that's not far from my home in Cargill. How long shall you be there? A week. Then you must visit. But I, I must leave soon for London. I shall be home every day the following week. Well, if things work out. And that was Professor John Emmett Yankling, a man whose writings had determined the course and the meaning of my own life. But I was... Oh, what's the word? Shocked. 
to discover that he had taken the Jataka into his soul. I wanted to visit and spend time with him, to sit at his feet, study, learn, but I was frightened. Yet one day, more than a week later, I did set out for Cargill. His home was a magnificent stone structure with outbuildings and stables surrounded by a high wall. The Kipathgar, or the, the chief native servant, met me at the gate. Is uh, Professor Yankling Sahib at home? Professor Yankling Sahib? Yes. I am Miss Geraldine McElroy. Ah, the, the Sahiba has come to see the professor? Yes. I believe that is what I said. Uh, if the Sahiba will have the utmost kindness to wait, I shall make the announcement. You're Mr. McElroy? Yes. How do you do? I'm Jack Luden, Professor Yankling's secretary. Is the professor at home? Oh, not at the moment. Oh. Oh, but please, do come in. Oh, but you say the professor's not at home. He's gone to Tangsi. Oh, well, um, I'm, I'm not sure I know what to do. <laughs> but I do. You shall come inside for a drink and a bite to eat. Uh, Gunga Das, see to the Saiba's horse. Another cup of tea. Oh, no, thank you. I'm feeling so much better. And looking so much better, too. Well, how do things appear to you now? Confused. Why? I met Professor Yankling a little over a week ago at Delhi University, and we both spoke at the seminar. Of course. You're that Geraldine McElroy. Are you interested in ancient Sanskrit mythology? Oh, tremendously. How fortunate you are to be in the household of the world's foremost authority. Professor Yankling told me about his home in the hills. He invited me to visit him this week. Oh, he did? Yes. Well, of course, he didn't tell me a thing about it, as usual. As usual? But he's so frankly absent-minded. Just this morning, he said to me, Jack, the abbot of the Buddhist monastery near Tang Si has come across an old manuscript he wants me to look at. Oh. I think I'll just nip out there, have a peek, and be back first thing tomorrow morning. <laughs> and so he got on his horse Tomorrow and... morning? Oh, well, I, I don't really know what I... Uh, now, 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 Miss McElroy, you've come all this hot and dusty way. Of course you shall stay and wait for him. Uh, Gunga Das, prepare a room for the Saiba. And the bath. Oh, a bath. I think you've convinced me. <laughs> Good. Dinner is at seven. He was in his late thirties, rather slim, handsome, and he had very bold eyes, which could be quite disconcerting. I had a bath and a nap, and then went down to dinner. Good evening, Sahiba. Good evening, Gunga Das, is it? It is, by the Sahiba's favor. Am I early? Oh, it is even now exactly the hour of seven. If the favored one will sit, I will begin to serve. Serve? The heaven-born's dinner. But where is Loden Sahib? Uh, Loden Sahib does not dine tonight. Why? It was not revealed to me. Didn't he say anything? I did not inquire. But I... Uh, will the blessed one try this soup? Good morning. Good morning. Uh, I'll have a coffee and a chopper breakfast, Gunga Das. I missed you at dinner. Oh, forgive me. The, the small son of one of the native servants had a sudden seizure. I judged it best to rush him to the doctor at Shinigar. Oh. But I do think you'll recover. Did Professor Yankling get back last night? 
Uh, no. No, but he'll be turning up any time now. Well, I hope so, because I must be in London by... London! Oh, how I envy you. Oh, I haven't been home in donkey's years. By the middle of next month at the very latest, you see. I don't have much time to spend here. London. Oh, what's happening in London? When did you leave it? Six months ago. Six months? Why, that's only yesterday. Oh, how we lose track of time out here. <laughs> how our lives just drift away. Mr. Loden, shouldn't Professor Yankling... I'm talking be... about Professor Yankling. I shall have to put all his papers in order for him. And I don't have a moment to lose. Well, I'll see you at lunch. <laughs> Oh, in the dark. I've been looking at the horses. Beautiful, aren't they? Oh, yes. Especially that white stallion. Magnificent animal. Oh, yes. That is Kublai Khan. Who rides him? Only the Professor Sahib. That must mean the Professor has returned. The Professor Sahib? Oh, oh no. I don't understand. Lord and Sahib wishes to inform the favored one that luncheon is even now being served. Try some of this curry, Miss McElroy. No, thank you. Well, the fish? No, I'm, I'm really not very hungry. This fish? Less than an hour ago, it was swimming in the stream that meanders through the fields just below the house. A most remarkable body of water. Have you seen it? No, I want to talk oh, to you. you must. At times, a raging torrent. At others, a deep and placid pool. But always beautiful and mysterious. Mr. Loughton, I must ask you... When shall the professor return? Momentarily. Well, you said he'd ridden off to the monastery near Tunksi. Uh, yes. But I just saw his horse, Kublai Khan, in the stables. Well, of course. Well, if his horse is back... Well, his horse hadn't gone. That treacherous country between here and Tanksi and Kublai Khan loves to run. <laughs> the easiest thing in the world for him to trip and break a leg. And then what, eh? Uh, Professor Yangling rode off on one of the other horses. I was hoping he'd be back this morning. I really but, must be... What if you were to leave and, and an hour or so later the professor were to return? Well, he would never forgive himself for having forgotten. He's just visiting the monastery. But suppose he decides to spend several days, a week, even more. Impossible. You couldn't get him to stay more than a day, perhaps a night at that place, even at the point of a gun. You'll see. He'll arrive just in time for tea. Miss Mr. Loudon, I must speak with you. Well, of course. Won't you come in? I was working on the professor's papers. It's three o'clock, and the professor still hasn't arrived. Well, knowing him, perhaps he paused to simply meditate. Do you set aside a portion of the day for meditation, Miss McElroy? He could have met with an accident, you know. He might have been thrown from his horse. My dear Miss McElroy, I'm sure you alarm yourself needlessly. But shouldn't we go out and look for him? There's absolutely no danger. In a few hours, it'll be dark, and I... What is it? Oh, nothing. I, I, I've been indoors all day. I think I'll go for a walk. Younger Dad? Ah, Sahiba. Where is the Professor, Sahib? Where? I believe thou hast heard me. The Professor Sahib? Who knows? I wish to know. Unfortunately, this unenlightened one cannot say. Saddle my horse. Sahiba? And another for thyself. We go to look. No. At once. It shall soon be dark. Then we must move quickly. Saddle the horses. Saddle the horses. We could be dealing with one of our own westerns. 
And why not? The northwest of India at that time was even more wild than our own southwest. And any time you have horses in danger, all places become very much alike. Once you see past the language and the costumes, we shall see beyond a great many things when I return shortly with active. If you're a serious do-it-yourselfer, you're concerned about tool convenience and security. Hi, Pat Summerall for True Value Hardware Stores to tell you their master mechanic's six-drawer tool chest and three-drawer roller cabinet lock securely to keep valuable tools handy and safe. And like all master mechanic tools and accessories, they promise satisfaction or free replacement. Get the tool chest for just $92.29 and the roller cabinet for only $118.49 exclusively at participating True Value Hardware Stores. There's no disguising the fact that some economy cars are just that, economical. Hey, come on, it gets great gas mileage. Mm, I'll bet it does. The Buick Skylark is one economy car that doesn't look like one. With its roomy interior and stylish exterior, it's hard to believe it offers 26 EPA estimated MPG. Use estimated MPG for comparisons. Actual mileage may be different. See Skylark at your Buick dealers today. West Orient Way is your fast, convenient non-stop way east, with three non-stops to Boston every business day, and the only wide cabin service going. Pittsburgh, three non-stops every business day, including the first flight out each morning. Plus, Northwest Orient features low way-to-go fares to both cities. Fly non-stop to Boston for just $136 each way on a round-trip purchase. Non-stop to Pittsburgh, only $64 each way on a round-trip purchase. These fares require a seven-day advance purchase, and other restrictions apply. For details and reservations, call your travel agent or Northwest Orient. Working hard, doing things right with non-stop service and low way-to-go fares each. That's the Northwest Orient way. Have you said to someone, we must get together soon? And how many times have you meant it? Tack, which literally means to touch lightly, is the cement that holds together the bricks of civilized society. And what is tack, after all, but a lie, a gentle lie, a gracious lie, even a necessary lie, but still a lie for all that. So when Professor John Ebbett Yankling invited Miss Geraldine McElroy to visit his home high in the mountains of northwest India, had he been truthful or tactful? He would have come this way then. If he has gone to come soon, yes. That says if he has gone. Why if? Well, who is this reputationless one to understand the comings and goings of Sahib? Oh, do not play the ignorant fool with me, Gunga Das. Did Professor Yankig Sahib go to Tansi or no? Well, Loden Sahib says he did. Well, I know full well what Loden Sahib says, but what sayest thou? I was not in the house at the time of the Professor Sahib's departure. Where wert thou? I... I was visiting. Oh, yes? Yes, there is a woman who lives not far from here. Her husband is a soldier. 
Israeli found at home. And so, surely the heaven-born understands these things? No, I don't. Well, yes, I do. So, thou knowest nothing then of thy master's disappearance? Disappearance? I believe the police should be told. The police? Well, of course. If the magnificent one will consider, the police of these parts are notoriously slow-witted. They will tramp through the gardens, the stables... The outbuildings, the house itself, in their heavy muddy boots, upsetting furniture, breaking china. They will ask stupid questions, and then write laboriously on many pages of a greasy notebook. And in the end, no one shall be the wiser for their clumsy labors. Still, it does seem to me... Oh, actually, he's only been gone a day. A day? An eternity. They can both be the same. From the Hast thou read it? Ah, see, the sun goes down. If the chosen one will consider wisely, perhaps it is time to go back. Yes, I suppose so. What can we see in the dark? How is the little boy? Did he tell boy? Well, the son, one of the servants who was taken down at the hill last night. Lord inside, brought him to the doctor and synagogue. But none of the servants in the house is married, and therefore none has a little boy. But, uh, Sahib said, told me, that he had to take the child doctor. Why did he say that, Gangadas? Ah, it is the greatest sorrow of my life that I cannot enlighten the chosen one in this matter. He lied to me. You must forgive me, Miss McElroy. How can I forgive what I can't understand? You lied to me. Why did you lie to me about the servant's child? Miss McElroy, I shall tell you the truth. For the first time since I arrived here? I am frightfully behind in my work. I welcome the professor's trip to the monastery as an opportunity to catch up. And I've been working around the clock, without sleep, just pausing for meals. Do you see? No. By dinner time last night, I was still terribly far behind. I felt I simply could not spare the time. And therefore... You said you were busy? Here I am. Cut off from the world. Suddenly, a beautiful woman appears at the gate. I'm not a beautiful woman, Mr. Loughton. Oh, but you are, Miss McElroy. You are. You have a stateliness of manner. A grace of movement. You are beautiful, Miss McElroy. Oh, Miss McElroy. Geraldine. May I call you Geraldine? You may call me anything you like. Just tell me the truth. Uh, not Geraldine. Perhaps Jerry. Perhaps tell me, what have your lovers called? Mr. Loden, I had no lovers. I mean, I... I... Dina. Yes. That's the name that suits you. I shall call you Dina. Why did you lie to me, Mr. Loden? Why? I just wanted to puff myself up. If I'd said that I couldn't spare the time for dinner because I had work to catch up and was afraid of the professor's wrath, if it weren't finished... His wrath? How would you have regarded me? As a poor, timid clerk. A nobody. This way... This way? This way I presented myself as a romantic figure. Dashing through the night on an errand of mercy, Miss McElroy, Jerry, Dina. Oh, Dina, I did it just to impress you. On a subject of more importance, where is the professor? To me, there is no more important subject. I love you. Yes, I love you, Dina McElroy. 
I fell in love with you when I read your first monograph. And now, to see you, to hold you in the flesh. Mr. Logan, you forget yourself. No, I remember myself. I remember my dim and distant self from an all but buried past. Before this time of terrible exile, when the blood coursed through my veins, when I wanted and needed love. Don't touch me. No, no, no. Don't be afraid to love Dina McElroy. No, I... I love you, Dina. Let me hold you. Hold you close to my heart. Please, no. Tell me you love me. Love. Isn't love all there is to the world, the real world? All that matters. Tell me you love me. We are... Oh. Oh. I, I'm sorry. Sorry? I, I forgot myself. Don't speak. I apologize. For what? I lost my head. Don't, don't spoil it. I shouldn't have done that. I had no right. What are you saying? I, I, I don't know what came over me. Please, forgive me. Forgive you? Is that all you can say to me after I... It's just that it's been so long since... This is what I have to say to you. From the I want my horse. The favored one wishes to ride? I'm leaving. No. At once. But soon it shall be dark. I will not remain here another moment. What did you say, Hiba? Cannot... Do as thou art told. Oh, regent one. Stop. Get up. What dost thou on thy knees? Oh, flawless one. Heaven gone. Oh, enough of that, too. Stay. Stay. What is it to be if I stay or go? Loden Sahib, he shall kill me also. What is meant by that? He shall kill thee also. Where is Professor Yankling Sahib? Where? Speak. Huh? Dead? What's this Dead. He can only be dead. Thou hast seen a murder committed? Speak. No. Thou hast seen the body? No. Well, then why dost thou bring the charge? He had words, the two sahibs. Loud, angry words. That's no proof of murder. Lord and sahib says that our master has ridden to the monastery near Tangsi. Yes. On which horse? Not his own. Well, on another, obviously. Not from our stables. We have five. All are still there. Therefore, the master is dead, and Lord and Sahib has killed him. Why? He hated the other. For what reason? Must there be a reason for hatred? It had to do with the sacred book. Majataka. Majataka speaks only of peace and love and tranquility. Nothing in it could ever inspire a man to murder. How much killing has been tranquil? There have been so many of those who performed it. Please. Did he kill thee? Because I know his secret. What secret? It is best the favored one should not know. Sometimes ignorance provides the safest haven of all. Miss McElroy, I wish I could tell you how much I regret my most boorish behavior. Boorish? I had no right to... Right? I said certain things to you. Yes. I had no right to say them. Why not? I am not free to say that. Oh. Are you married? No, no, no. It's nothing like that. What is it, then? Well, nothing can ever come of my saying. Why? Right, very well. Let us consider the incident forgotten. Forgotten? Now, where is Professor Yankling? 
he should certainly be on his way back from the monastery by this time. I think we can agree now that he never left the monastery in the first place. Why do you insist on... Did you kill him? Who accuses me? That's not an answer. Of course not. Why would I kill him? You hated each other. Who says so? Gunga Das. Gunga Das? Gunga Das himself is guilty. Then you admit Professor Yankling is dead? He's dead. The killer is Gunga Das. Why? Because the professor was about to discharge him. For what reason? He was always neglecting his duties, sneaking away to visit the woman. Actually, they had words the morning the professor disappeared. He says he wasn't here that morning. He's lying. I, I believe the professor fired Gunga Das, and in a fit of anger, Gunga Das struck him and killed him, and then hid the body. But if you believe all this happened... Why didn't you tell me when I first arrived? Well, I was I was afraid to remain here alone with Gunga Das and the others. What are they? Well, the rest of the servants. Why? Are they all in on it, assuming that you're telling the truth? No, but they'll back him. He's one of their own. While I... Well, perhaps I've been too loyal to the professor. In what way? I didn't permit them to steal from him. Steal? Well, it's a time-honored custom here. They get what we call kickbacks from local merchants. I wouldn't permit such goings on. They dislike me intensely for it. My, my life is in danger. And mine? No, no, they wouldn't dare. They, they couldn't explain your disappearance. Then why does Gunga Das want me to stay? Shouldn't he feel safer with me in England? He's devilishly clever. He's working on your sympathy. Yes, and just what are you working on, Mr. Loden? Oh, just listen to us. This may all be a case of... Of overdeveloped imagination. Why, at any moment, Professor Yankling may come riding up and demand his dinner. You think so? He doesn't have to be dead. Who says he has to be dead? He's alive. Why isn't he alive? Why isn't he alive? <laughs> isn't he alive? One reason could very well be that somebody killed him. But we seem to have very little hard evidence to support any sort of foul play. We have the standard innuendos and disconcerting little odd pieces that seem to not be part of an orderly pattern. Is it possible that the professor is really alive? Is this basically a tempest in a teapot? We shall have more when I return with Act 3 shortly. What do doctors recommend to avoid constipation? These days, doctors stress the importance of fiber in the diet. Food fiber that helps the system regulate itself naturally. Metamucil is the laxative made from natural fiber. No chemical stimulants. So for occasional constipation, doctors recommend Metamucil more often than any other laxative. Try Metamucil powder or pre-measured packets of Metamucil instant mix, regular or orange flavor. Read label and follow directions. Hotel coupon and discount offers are confusing and limited. That's why the world's largest lodging chain invites you to call Best Western before you call anyone else. Chances are you'll find the Best Western just where you need it most at a price you'll want to pay. No strings attached. The following is presented by the National Urban League.
You know, Alan, when you walked in here and said, I want to be a salesman, I wouldn't have bet a plug nickel you could make. Uh, sales takes hard work and tenacity and guts. Well, I just didn't think a black man could measure up. Too often in today's society, people are judged solely by the color of their skin rather than by what they can do. But when people are given a chance to make something of themselves, there's no limit to what they can do. And now here you are, our newest district manager. What do you say to that? All I ever needed was a chance. Everybody deserves a chance to make it on their own, regardless of race, creed, color, or sex. The Urban League is dedicated to achieving that, and you can help by opening your heart and your mind and giving someone that chance. To find out exactly what you can do, write National Urban League, 500 East 62nd Street, New York, New York, 10021. A public service message of this station, the Urban League, and the Advertising Council. India, at the time of our story, was a place where reality and illusion would often combine to form a state that was neither, but contained elements of both. In other words, one might never know if one were asleep or awake. And what's so remarkable about that, you might ask? The same thing happens here sometimes, doesn't it? Well, the difference is, in India, it used to be considered absolutely normal. Gangadas? Oh, I am honored by the visit of the chosen one. Thou hast said that Loden Sahib has a secret. A secret? What would this ignorant one know of secrets? Thou hast told me so with thine own lips, not two hours gone by. But I... I if... If the exalted one would listen... I will listen to nothing but the secret. There... There is no secret. This valueless one, this despised one who is lower than the dirt beneath the Sahiba's feet, lied. Lied? Why? Uh, well, so that the fountain of righteousness would believe ill of Lord and Sahib and thus avert her anger or suspicions from poor Gongadas. It was a lie, then. This poor, worthless clod swears by every ancestor. What is the secret, Gongada? What if Lord and Sahib discovers that the Sahiba has learned it? Tell me the secret at once, or I ride for Srinagar and the constables of the police. I shall say I fear a murder has taken place and that thy actions have been suspicious. Oh, no, no. The secret. <sighs> uh, back in Belette, in England? Yes. Loden Sahib killed a man. And? That is the secret. They killed a man in a fit of passion over a woman. Oh. At the trial it was stated that he acted in self-defense, but his career was ruined. He had to live in disgrace. He came here and found employment with the Professor Sahib. But it was bitter bread. Why? The Professor Sahib would mock him and never let him forget. His lot was hard. Why did he stay? There was no other work for him. And he had no testimonial from former employers. Art thou speaking the truth? Why would this useless one lie? He says that thou and the other servants hate him because he wouldn't let thee steal from the Professor Sahib. Dost thou deny that? Deny? 
Why, it is the custom. It is the custom to steal from one's employer. Oh, it is not stealing. It is only the collection of Dusturi, a <laughs> commission. And besides, Lord Sahib was not opposed to stealing. Oh, he himself was planning an even greater theft. Yes? Yes, a translation of the Jataka. As soon as the professor has completed it, he would claim it for his own. But how could he expect to get away with it? The professor sahib would be dead. Who would be the wiser? Thou sayest, as soon as the professor sahib had completed it. Has the work been finished? Oh, no. Then why would Loden sahib kill him now? Why not wait? Perhaps the professor sahib suspected and confronted him. And therefore... Lord and Sahid had no choice. But it was all for nothing. Lord and Sahib knows a little about the Jataka, but not enough to make a fine translation. What sort of a tangled web was being woven here? Which of them was lying? Perhaps they both were. Had Jack Loden killed a man back home? Did he plan to steal one of the professor's translations? Should I remain here? And there was a knock at my door. Miss McElroy, may I speak with you? Is there news of the professor? I don't know what has become of the professor. Why don't we send someone to the monastery to inquire? I suppose we must. First thing in the morning. Is that what you wanted to talk to me about? No. No, the professor has been... Working on a new translation. Yes. In the event that something might have happened to him, the unlikely event, I'm sure... I was wondering, could you complete the work? Oh, I'm afraid I must be leaving very soon for England. I wouldn't have the time. But surely, to a person like yourself, nothing could present a greater challenge. I brought the manuscript. Please, look at it. Suppose the professor were to walk in here right now. Do I have the right? He would welcome your opinion. No, I don't think so. Please, Geraldine. Geraldine? Dina. Dina? Tell me, Mr. Loden, are you going to try to make love to me again? Perhaps. Perhaps, of all the confounded cheek. Don't be so cavalier. How many men have tried to make love to you in your lifetime? Oh, you scoundrel. In my own way, I do love you. Your own way. Get out of here. Both of us are flawed. Each of us is the best the other can oh, get. Oh, please, get out. Won't you even kiss me goodnight? Well, what you won't offer, I intend to take. No! Oh! Now, you're learning. <gasps> he was absolutely repulsive. He was also undeniably fascinating. The opposites, which till now were only poetic theory, had become absolutely unbearable reality. I was 37 years old. I had never thought of love. As a girl, I was too tall, too awkward. And so I became consumed by my studies. I never thought of love. No, that wasn't true. Perhaps without being aware of it, I had never thought of anything else. Say, 
Yes, yes, come in. The morning brings news. News? Has the Professor Sahib arrived? Yes. Oh, good. Tell him I shall join him for breakfast. That will not be possible. Why isn't he having any? Well, it would have been more accurate to have stated that his body was found. Oh. Then he's dead. Oh. Where was it found? By a bank of the stream. The stream that flows by the house. Oh, no. The police sahib is here and would like to discourse with the favored one. Miss McElroy, I'm uh, District Superintendent Selby. How do you do, Superintendent? Well, I'm sorry this had to happen while you were visiting. A farmer down the stream saw the body. Could Professor Yankling have fallen in and been drowned? Well, shows a nasty bruise on his left temple. Well, his head might have struck a rock while it was being washed downstream. Yes, except we have Mr. Jack Loudon. There's a bad hat. Why do you say that? Well, man has a vicious temper. Already committed one murder back home. Oh, you... You knew that? I thought it was a secret. Well, precious few secrets out here, Miss McElroy. Do you accuse him of the murder? Well, there was bad blood between Jack Loudon and Professor Yankling. But that could be servants' gossip. They didn't like him, you know. Oh, well, no one liked him. You know, he kept asking old Yankling, why didn't you send a beggar packing? But the professor had a heart as big as all outdoors. How could I ever do that, he'd say. Poor fella, never get a job anywhere else. And this is how the scoundrel repays the kindness. Well, I think we'll just take him along to the station. I'm sure he'll break down and confess. His kind always does. You've come. You've come. Yes, I've come because I received your message. But what is there that I could do for you? Well, they're all against me. You see that, don't you? Perhaps they all know you better than I do. Save me. I swear I didn't kill him. You swear? On the Shataka. I didn't kill him. I wanted to kill him often enough. And maybe one day I might have killed him, but I am innocent. Well, they have no real evidence. They don't need any Everybody wants to believe I did it. I looked at him, and the spell, or whatever it was, broke suddenly. Whatever I had felt toward him was gone. But I was grateful. He'd opened a new world for me, and I felt I knew that one day, another man would look at me and see me not as a scholar, but as a woman. And it would happen because I would look at him, not as a scholar, but as a woman. Meanwhile, I did owe Jack Loden something for the awakening. But how could I pay him? And then I felt something stirring within me. It was as if I heard a voice saying, Life and death is in Shataka. 
I rushed back to the house, to the manuscript of the Jataka, the latest one written by John Emmett Lankling in the old, old language. I began to read. Whatever is dearest to a man's heart, this shall he find outside his own doorstep. Could he mean the river? I have searched for the river of the air, the one that shall wash me free from sin and free me from the wheel of life. I have looked for it all over the world. What a fool that I was. The precious stream bubbled in its purity. Outside my very door. The river just below us. And so, before dawn, I shall steal out to the river when none shall sleep and place myself into the water and into the arms of our great Lord. And he shall lift me from the wheel and lift the soul from out this useless body. And I shall become one with the universe. I go now to enter the water to depart this night. And uh, this is what that says? Yes, just about, Superintendent. Mm, well, in effect, then, what the professor was saying, he intended to drown himself. That is one interpretation. Well, well, well then, what we have here is actually a suicide note. Suicide? But what else can be made of it? Quote, I go now to enter the water to depart this life. <laughs> Things as clear as crystal, what? I suppose. Yes, and I would suppose I'll have to release that bound old Loughton. Yes. Yes, might as well have the turnkey set him loose. <laughs> no sense having him luxuriate here at the taxpayer's expense. Dina, oh, Dina, how can I ever thank you? Where is Gonga Das? Ah, there. Come in. Are you Sahiba? No, then. I don't know when I've ever seen a more thoroughgoing brace of scoundrels than the two of you. Oh, Gina. My name is Miss McElroy to you. Now then, thou Gunga Das, thou could have struck Yankling Sahib and thrown his body into the water. Oh, no, no. As far no. as you are concerned, Mr. Logan, you might have done the same thing. But uh, Do I... not interrupt. But he himself wrote. Yes. And therefore, we shall allow it to rest there. We shall believe that it happened the way he has written it in the Jataka because that is what I want to believe I want to believe that he found freedom the kind of freedom he was looking for just as I have found the kind of freedom that I am looking for the freedom to be a woman goodbye to both of you and I hope you are clean of sin And so do I. Wouldn't it be wonderful if the professor had finally found the river of the arrow and had its waters washing clear from every taint of sin and release him into the centrality of the oneness of the universe? Why shouldn't we believe it? Why must we always suppose that the worst always happens why can't we have a positive, upbeat ending where virtue and faith finally triumph? I shall return shortly 
If you've been reading about wise money management in your favorite publications, you've undoubtedly heard about Dreyfus Liquid Assets, one of the world's largest money market funds, and about the big yields you can get on your money right now. Start with as little as $2,500. Make added investments as low as $100. With Dreyfus Liquid Assets, your money is yours whenever you need it. Phone for it, have it sent to your bank, or write a redemption check for cash or to pay your larger bills. You keep right on earning that high yield, compounded daily until your check clears. No penalties on interest, no sales charge, no charge for the checks. It's so simple, sensible, convenient. But find out for yourself. Call toll-free 800-228-5000 for free information and a prospectus, including management fee, charges, and expenses. Read the prospectus carefully before investing or sending money. Discover how Dreyfus Liquid Assets can help you get the lion's share of today's high money market rates. 800-228-5000. Toll-free 800-228-5000. The fact of the matter is, everybody is looking for his own special private river. Different people call it by different names. For some, it is utopia. For others, the fountain of youth. Some reduce it to a prayer to win the sweepstakes of a lottery. But whatever it is, and however it is perceived, it is the magic touch, the talisman that will sweep away all worry, care, and travail, and leave its possessor radiant and triumphant. Our cast included Marion Seldes, Earl Hammond, and Lloyd Batista. The entire production was under the direction of Hyman Brown. And now, a preview of our next tale. Had you ever seen this man before? I... I don't think so, no. Look hard at him. Look at his face and tell me. Is he someone you know? Someone familiar? I can't tell. Why not? Try. Try and see it. Try and see his face. I can't. I can't. I can't you. Because. Because. Yes, because. Because he has no face. <laughs> he has no face. He has no, no face at all. This is Tommy Grimes inviting you to return to our mystery theater for another adventure in the macabre. Until next time, pleasant dreams.